Are you someone with a dream, passion, and desire to become an entrepreneur? Hi, I'm Corey Mosley, and I'm on a mission to provide education and empowerment to aspiring entrepreneurs. If that's you, you're invited to join me every week as I talk with everyday entrepreneurs committed to beating the odds and building their businesses. Welcome to the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. Welcome again to the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm Corey Mosley. I am super excited today because, you know, when you're in the entrepreneurship game and you're in that circle, you, you have the opportunity to kind of run with people. And a good friend of mine, Del Toro McNeil, he always talks about how the eagles, right, only soar with other eagles. He says, you know, you never see an eagle hanging out with a turkey, right? So we always have the opportunity to kind of, to, to kind of soar together and, and kind of see our wins, see things happen together. And, and it's super special when you can come up almost with somebody. So the gentleman I have on the show today, and it's super cool because he's done my other radio show on iHeart, and we get to talk today without the restrictions of commercial breaks and all this other stuff. That's what I really love about podcasting, and I'm super excited to have a, a, a genuine longtime friend of mine on the show today, uh, Mr. Sean V. Bradley. He is a certified speaking professional. He's got nine companies. He's been grinding for 14, 15 years. And, you know, when you think about somebody who's got a nonstop hustle, uh, this is the guy that comes to mind. He's in you know, the automotive industry, video production, real estate. Uh, if there is a guy who sees a opportunity, you know, they talk about you want to find problems and then offer solutions to them. This is somebody that's been doing that for a number of years, and he's got a, a hell of an interesting story. And I wanted to have him be one of the first people on the podcast uh, just because his, his story is so great and it really proves that you can, anything's possible. So Sean, I want to thank you for joining us on the show today. Well, Corey, it's an honor to be on your show. I'm super excited. First, congratulations on your show, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. We're really excited to be talking to this audience. And you know, everybody, you know, people think entrepreneurs or people think successful people are like superhuman, but we all have the same like issues, right? I've procrastinated on this forever. You know, this was a passion of mine that I would say I got sidetracked by. So, you know, the thing about entrepreneurship, right, you'd agree with this, is we all, we live the actual message for the most part. 100% agreed. I wanted to say something based on what you just said, though. I have a saying, Facebook life ain't real. The stuff that we <laughs> see on Facebook or social media is like the highlights. Most people, especially successful people, don't post all the drama, all the hard work. They sure. just and results on Facebook or on Instagram, et cetera. So yeah, no, we're all just right. Absolutely. So why don't you tell the, the guests a little bit here, a little bit about yourself. You know, your office sent me over a 22 page uh, bio on you, but <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They didn't. But just tell everybody a little bit uh, about your background. You, you, I mean, you're a pretty transparent guy. I mean, you've got a hell of a story. Give us a little bit of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, First of all, I definitely am the opposite of what people would think would be successful or be an entrepreneur or millionaire or visible, all that stuff. I'm the person that you should put money and double down that's going to turn around and lose or fail. Uh, I grew up in the projects in Queens, New York, very, very rough as a kid. Everything from severe violence, craziness, you know, um, some extreme things that happened when I was a kid is my stepfather used to, you know, literally torture me and my mother, shoot her up with heroin, keep her locked in the house. NYPD ESU, it's the emergency services uh, unit, had to extract me of the house. I mean, like, 
that crazy of violence and craziness as a kid led into getting involved in gangs, being in a boy's home from 12 to 15. And then from 19 to 22, I was incarcerated both federally and state. So I went to federal prison. So by the time I was 22 years old, I had a pot to piss in. I just got out of federal prison and I had no options, no hope whatsoever. And then coming from that type of background where most of the people I know were either dead in prison or on their way to either being dead or in prison. So uh, that's how I grew up. Yeah, it's cra- Listen, I know you a long time. Every time I every time I hear it, because, you know, <laughs> there's somebody sitting around going, you know, there's somebody sitting around with lights and heat and at a great house. And, and they're uh-huh. going, man, you know, I, I, I can't catch a break out here. You know, <laughs> so so I think it's super important to to, to <laughs> emphasize that, you know, it's it's, uh, you know, man, nobody called me back. I'm I'm trying to sell my widget here. It's, it's hard out here. Right. So, you know, most people don't have, you know, a super idea. Cool. Let me just jump in so there's no restrictions from the commercials on our radio. Let me just tell you how opposite from that I was. I literally sat in federal prison in 1996 uh, in MCC Manhattan, which is pretrial, with the first bomber of the World Trade Center. This is, you can Google this wow. stuff. Yo, that's, wow. that's what say, that was part of the thing that helped me is I figured that if I'm in the same place as a terrorist, this is the most the United States government could do to me other than execute me. I could survive this. And that right. put me in my mindset there. And here's some MacGyver shit right here. Uh, we can say that on this radio, right? Yeah, I think so. All right, good. So I remember sitting in the hole in MCC Manhattan Federal in 1996. And at that point, I used to smoke cigarettes. And they took the lighters away when you went to the hole. I used to be able to light a cigarette with just two batteries, toilet paper roll, and the will to turn on and smoke the damn Newport. Now, the reason why I mention that is talking about being you know, at the house with heat, man. Try to imagine visually that I went from that environment to owning nine companies, being happily married with four beautiful kids, which is my greatest accomplishment, I think. And so, yeah, please, if you listen to this radio, it doesn't matter what you did or what you're going through. It only matters where you want to be and how you're going to get there. So then the natural question that comes up, okay, right? So you've got this gap of time. You've got this... You've got this arguably bad situation, we'll call it that, right? So, so some bad decisions were made uh, and, 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 you know, that was dealt with. So how do you, what's the turning point? How do you now fast forward, you know, what's that in between? What's the dash, right? They, the, the saying, I think I remember Damon Dash used to say this, you know, there's, there's three points in life. There's the time you were born and the time you die and in the middle is the dash. You know, what's the dash? How did, how did you say, okay, I've got a second shot here. Now I'm going to make it happen. Well, I have to just confess something is that I felt since I was- We like confessions on the show. Good, good. It's not that type of confession though. Not <laughs> confession, just an entrepreneurship you know, a confession. To me, since I was a child, I felt that I was destined to do something more. That was always in me that I, I wanted to do more, be more, and achieve more. The only problem was is that back then I will- play the environmental role. I wasn't exposed to different options or have you. So the only thing I knew how to do is hustle, how to flip, how to do this, how to do that. But it starts, I think, with the insatiable desire that quench that it can't be, you know, satisfied. You know what I mean? You, you can't turn around and get that away. And I think that's what drives most entrepreneurs is that they have that internal f- 
fire of wanting to do more, be more, and achieve more. They just want more. So that's where it started for me is that I always wanted to do more and I wanted more for myself. I wanted to not be in the situations I was. But now, how did I go from that desire to where I'm at now? I made a conscious decision. I was freaking tired. I was tired of the bullshit. I was tired of the drama. I was tired of looking over my shoulder. I was tired of, you know, the choices that I made. And again, in my opinion, speaking to the entrepreneurial audience, until you get to that point, we've heard it in different types of self-help stuff. When you hit bottom, it doesn't have to be financial bottom or emotional bottom. It could be the bottom of I'm tired of the BS bottom. Once you hit that bottom where, look, I am tired of accepting mediocrity. I am tired of being complacent. I'm tired of accepting that this person could do this and do that. Then you're going to make that change. And once you make that conscious decision, here's the turning point. I made the conscious decision that I will be successful and I will do it legally, ethically, and morally, and nobody will be able to take it away from me. And once I made that conscious decision, Corey, that I was going to be successful, hell hath no fury like, you know, a man on fire. I'm just saying. So what was the path there? So uh, automotive, obviously we both come from that field. Yeah. So, so take us through quick, take us through kind of quickly how you accelerate. So I went from, I guess that, that that's a really good question though, because it is automotive, but I think that since the audience is general, it, I think it's any sales position because whether you're selling vacuums or you're selling encyclopedias, I know some hustlers like Paul Cummins, for example, you know, I mean, just as an example, where man sold books, a lot of these like really like Leviathans in sales, they went door to door. I guess for right. me it was automotive, but I think that the turning point was being able to be in an environment where it was performance based that I was mm. To, to, to earn as much money. I'm sorry, I was able to make as much money as I can earn, keyword meaning earn. And so right. auto was my vessel, but for your listeners, it could be real estate. It could be, you know, cell phone sales. It could be whatever. But I think having the ability to turn around and have that structured environment where I didn't have to turn around and take all the risk. Because you know, Corey, being in the car business, they throw around that saying that car sales is like owning your own business. You know what? I right. t- it to heart. I took that to heart and I really treated my, my personal business. And you know, the industry national average is 9.6 units. I used to average 30 units a month in the showroom floor at a Lincoln Mercury Mazda dealership. And after spending roughly, you know, five and a half years on the front lines, I started my first company. And then right. from there it started to evolve and flip. So that's where you came upon the idea of, of debt education, multiple streams of income, multiple flows, yes. cash flows, multiple areas, get the tree trunk strong and then start to build your branches. 1,000%, let's, let's go back to that. You're 100% because in car sales, I'm just using this as an analogy for people that don't know what car sales, that you, you could just wait for a fresh customer to walk into the dealership and you're gonna starve to death. There's eight different right. ways to sell from walk-in, be-back, internet, phone, et cetera, et cetera. So sure. I didn't even real, it's almost, you know what it's like, Corey? It's like, you ever see the Karate Kid and Mr. Miyagi's like, wax on, wax off? And Correct, Davis, you have no idea why you're I doing have it. no idea what I was doing. I had no right. idea that I was learning to diversify my income streams. I had no idea I was insulating and I was doing all these business things. I was just waxing on, waxing off and painting the fence. Okay, so you got hot there, started the company, started to build on that, saw some other opportunities. Now, you know, one of the accomplishments that we both share is our designation as certified speaking professionals with the National Speakers Association, which most people don't realize that, you know, there's less than 12% of anybody who speaks for a living actually attains that. And we both had the opportunity to do that. What I thought was interesting, and this is a testament to you, and I think the people should hear it, is when you set your goal, so now you had this goal, you said to yourself, because I, I mean, you know, knowing you a long time, I can, I see the, I can see it. 
Like I can see how it came together. So you wake up one day and you decide you want to, you want a book. So now we're in the national speakers association. You're like, you know what? I need to have a book out there. So I want you to frame this, not just in the story of going of how you went to the book event and worked that deal and worked relationships. But I want you to talk about that a little bit, but how, if you could break down the idea of decide action execution for somebody right. walk through getting that book deal I, I didn't talk I, I might not have talked about it when i opened but googleopoly how to win the game of googleopoly wiley published books is in bookstores everywhere barnes and nobles uh hudson bookstores everywhere you can get it talk about how you, you went from there you go <laughs> there you go <laughs> so talk about how you um how you make that decision that you should have a book you were worthy of being published you were worthy of having your book displayed in the Barnes and Nobles in, in Manhattan and Chicago, where, where? Oh, it was I, Manhattan, I mean, Chicago and Boston. It was in the, yes, correct. Talk to us about that. Okay. So it starts again, like you made the, the reference to the national speakers association. What I really believed is, and I still do, you can't turn around and just keep going through life with the same type of knowledge and information education. The world is going to keep spinning with or without you. So I right. always, I, I have a saying is that, you know, you need to be in a constant state of evolution or you're going to be in a constant perpetual state of transgression. It's deep. And so I'm always looking for ways to evolve and to build. The NSA was a natural leap because being a trainer, like we both are, you know, trainers and speakers, I wanted to be the absolute best at, at that craft. Now, once I got there, respectfully, and Corey, you know what I'm talking about, just keeping it real. I was like, wow, these people are sleeping at the wheel right here. They ain't ready for car people like us. You know what I mean? Right. You know, they got pretty stages, but I, again, I saw just opportunity. And I think, I think that's what, what a real entrepreneur has. Their spidey senses are going off, opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. And I'm watching and I'm seeing these people got book deals, they got these deals. And I'm thinking, wait a minute here. I learned from our industry from watching other people. There's a gentleman named right. Sean Wolfington, which I'm sure you know, Corey. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and I sure. watched this man sell companies gangster. for hundreds of millions of dollars. The corporate gangster, right. that's a compliment. Yeah, I mean, he was just a hustler. Right, right, and, sure, and sure. I, and, and I found out how he was doing it. He controls the media. And so, for example, BZ Results used to be on the back cover of every single magazine in the entire automotive industry, especially when magazines were at their paramount level of importance. And basically, the back cover said, nine out of 10 eCRM dealers are BZ Results clients. After a while, it's like, oh my so God. So stick to that point for a second. I want to pivot on that. So that's also because you also saw an opportunity. So keeping in mind with control of the media, I think I know where you're going. I want to just fast forward you there uh, for the sake of time. But uh, now you go, I need to control the media. So now you being you, you find an opportunity to buy a percentage of, of a leading publication so yes. you can put yourself on the cover of it. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> yes. So again, before the book deal, yes, I, I wound up uh, securing 10% equity of Auto Success Magazine, which went out to 25,000 dealerships, which is over 100,000 readers. But Corey, I don't know if you know this, now that the company's got sold, what people don't know is I gorilla pimp that deal. I secured 10% equity of the company without ever meeting these people face-to-face -face and without putting a dollar into it. What happened was they right. were going out of business and I found an angel investor, and for my, my finder's fee, I took 10% equity in the corporation. And I'm proud to say that company just got sold successfully about six months ago, and then royalty checks are still coming through, just saying. So let me ask you this. Someone's listening to this, they're going, you know what, I'm, I'm, not, 
I'm not a, I'm not a salesperson. I don't have that aggressiveness. I, I'm not a wheeler and dealer, you know, as my mother would say, uh, wheeling and dealing, she likes to say, but I'm not a wheeler and dealer. I, I, don't, I don't have this aggressiveness about me, but you know what? I know how to make jewelry. You know, I, I know how to, I can design handbags really well. What do you say to them in terms of their ability to be a player in this game, knowing that, because I happen to be, I, I'm a strengths person. So my personal philosophy is that you find out what you do really, really well and do more of that. Um, not, you know, most people don't know, realize how introverted I am. Like I hate networking, you know, the networking parties, like I never go to those. I'm like, it's not that guy that is going to come over to you with my glass and Hey, so what do you do? Like, I actually hate that. So I got two options, right? I can go get some books on networking and how to own the room and try to force myself into these awkward situations. Or I do what I do well, video, audio content, and, and do that. So for people who just aren't naturally gangster with entrepreneurship, what do you say to them? You just said it, Corey, but I'm going to validate that from my perspective. It's content marketing. And so in lieu of owning a magazine or a television network or something like that, we are so blessed living the time that we are with Google, with YouTube, with Vimeo. So like you, I'm going to use the actual example you gave. If you are great at jewelry, I would say start creating you know, videos on how to create jewelry. Because here's mm-hmm. the key key focus most people don't buy most people are in the point of interest stage not in the point of sales stage so if you could create a tremendous amount of content for point of interest you're going to develop that fan base you're going to develop that loyal you know following of people so when they do make that decision like you know i need to buy this who are they going to go to just the random salesperson or the random person are they going to go to the person that has earned their trust their respect the person that's their youtube you know superstar to them So content marketing, I think, by creating videos, audio, blogs, articles, and that types of stuff is by just keep developing that content, you'll be able to develop a a following and a fan base. So let me ask you this. So one of the things I talk about in our Fearless Entrepreneurship course that we have that walks people through the five disciplines of, of really building their business, I spend a lot of time on the mental aspect and talking about what happens when you tell family members that you have a dream and you want to pursue that dream. And, you know, we both have family businesses, right? You work very closely with your wife, as do I. What do you say to the person out there that's got a spouse and maybe they're not, they're concerned about getting support. They're concerned, you know, that, you know, they, they have an idea that whether they're concerned if they're going to get support or they've brought to the table, they want to take the next step. They want to go for it. And they have a spouse that's like, mm, I don't know, or very negative. What do you say to those people? Okay, um, I have the perfect response to that, but I want to I want to I want to preface this by saying I mean it's in a love and respect. Divorce? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, we've all traveled before. When you're on an airplane, uh, the flight attendant comes to you and says, "In case of a water landing, before you crash and burn, God forbid, right? The oxygen is going to come down before you put it mm-hmm. on to mm-hmm. your kids." Your yep. spouse, you got to put it on yourself first. I live by that principle. I love my queen, and she is the boss of our company. For the record, she's anybody a- who follows you on social media knows that for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> However, I've got to be okay first. So yes, right. I will ask. I will suggest. I will present. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to turn around and extinguish the fire of my motivation of my entrepreneurship because of any person breathing on this planet. 
Because mm. sometimes, you know, sometimes people don't know what's good for them. My kids, I love my kids dearly, but they hate vegetables. You know what I mean? When they right. get older, they hopefully they'll thank me because we're kind of short. So maybe they eat them vegetables to get a little taller. But, you know, the reality is this is they might not know what's good for them. So that spouse might think that they're protecting you by trying to quash your dreams. Your spouse might think that they're, they're being realistic, but they don't know what's in your heart and your soul and what's, what's your commitment to this success. So what I say is at the end of the day, show the respect to your spouse by explaining, presenting, but don't you dare ever Ever let another person breathe in air, quash your, your dreams, and extinguish that fire of entrepreneurship. Because at the end of the day, I'll tell you right now, my wife's real glad that I did what I did. And I'm sure, you know, other hmm. entrepreneur spouses sure. are real freaking glad that we turned around and didn't listen to anybody. So you got to put your hater blockers on. And sometimes they're right. going to have to have your wife's name on them or your husband's name on them. And just do what your heart is showing you to do. My opinion. I love it. I love it. So I always ask uh, our guests, what is one of their craziest entrepreneurship moments? All right, I got two quick ones, so, because they're different. One was, I'll never forget, I was at a conference from a, a, you know, a former partner of ours, mine at least, and uh, I found out that my grandmother, who was in Florida, literally like seconds before I got, I mean minutes, no exaggeration, minutes before I was getting on the stage, was in the hospital dying. Mm-hmm. And I had to go out there because I was one of the featured speakers and they blew me up as far as I'm going to be speaking. I couldn't right. let the audience, everybody down. So I went out there and did my energized Sean B. Bradley. Sure. And then without skipping a beat, I said, listen, folks, I'm really sorry, but I have an emergency. I have to fly out. And people told me afterwards, they were like, I can't believe that you not only did the session, but you did it with right. that energy and excitement. And the, the reason is that people flew there you know some people were there specifically to see me speak and i have a responsibility to be able to at least fulfill it plus i also did the math by me leaving and blowing it off was not gonna get me to the airport quicker on a flight quicker and so that was a crazy experience and then i'd say we as entrepreneurs corey my whole life is is that crazy moment like again we have so many things <laughs> going on right is that right. i can't even just know i want your people to know that i don't just have one every day of my life i could put a new one on i think i feel like we try to outdo ourselves not on purpose of the craziest shit right right you know and i want people to understand that it doesn't get easier the more success you have i think a very famous poet said i think biggie small said more money more problems <laughs> i mean the more money more problems That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we could always pull out some biggie if we need some uh some motivation there that's too funny all right cool well listen thank you for sharing that all right now let's talk about our rapid fire question that's the time of the show where we ask entrepreneurs and our guests some of their favorites so you guys can think about some of the things that you might like to do all right here are our rapid fire questions number one pc or mac mac number two your favorite credit card for small business Uh, american express platinum i got a new metal card love it Number three, are you a physical planner guy or a digital planner? Mm, I'm both. Okay, of course you are. <laughs> Four, favorite software to manage your businesses? Uh, Zoho. Zoho. Starbucks, Dunkin', or something else? Dunkin' Donuts. Thank you card or thank you email? Thank you email. How do you read your books? Hardcover, tablet, or audio? Hardcover. Like What's your app? next... What's, <laughs> what's your next big goal? Uh, my next big goal is to complete my software, which is the Money Mind Map. 
Uh, that's been a, a project that has been about two years in the making, and I am very close. Okay, cool. And what's your committed day to get that done so you can put it in stone on NADA. the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast? NADA, NADA, which is going to okay. be- Okay, our March. listeners don't know what that is, so yeah. what's the date? <laughs> March, 20, uh, March 2018. Okay, March 2018. So we're going to hold you to that after the show airs. Okay, last question. One day with any mentor, so someone, any mentor, you can pick anybody to spend Alive? the day with. Who would that? Yes, who would that person be? And maybe why? You know what? Oh my gosh! At the the CEO of Amazon. He's doing something right. Jeff Bezos. Yes, absolutely. Okay, that's a good answer. That's a, yeah. He is doing something he right. Doing something right. I, I, I can get my packages delivered to Whole Foods now. <laughs> What'd you say? He just made a billion dollars in one day. Yeah, that's. I think that's par for the course, right? Yeah, it's oof, strong. So, so in our final segment, entrepreneurship trivia, I'm going to ask you an entrepreneurship trivia question. And what we're playing for is a $25 donation. If you get it right, I'll donate $25 to the charity of your choice. If you get it wrong, you're going to donate $25 to the charity of my choice. Are you ready, Sean V. Bradley? Uh, I suck at trivia, so I should probably just cut the check now, but I I'll play. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, you were talking a lot of stuff before we were, before we went live that you were going to win. So, okay, <laughs> I'm I'm making it multiple choice. We wanted to make it okay, easy. Good. Okay, good. Er, what year was Success Magazine started? 1897, 1908, or 1923? 1923. 1923 is the wrong answer. Oh! But the good news is, the good news is the KLM Foundation, which is one of my favorite charities, has just picked up $25. <laughs> what is the right answer? Shana, certainly, uh, the correct answer was 1897. Wow. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so listen, as we round out the show, I want to thank Sean for joining us. Sean, how can people get in touch with you? I know uh, when the game of Googleopoly in store, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, it's out there. They certainly get that. And that's going to talk to them about the impact on Google, video, social media. So how can they buy that book and how can they find you? Tell us how people can get in contact. They want to start following you. When the game of Googleopoly. You're a hoot. You're a hoot you. on social media. Uh, when the Game of Googleopoly is Barnes & Nobles, Amazon, Hudson Booksellers, anywhere you can go to those websites and go to the stores and pick it up. The best way to, to get in touch with me is really simple. I'm like Mike Jones. My cell phone number, you can text me or call me, is 267-319-6776. And yes, I still give my number everybody everywhere. That 267-319-6776. And you can just Google me, Sean V. Bradley. CSP. Now, now it's so funny. He gives his number. So I, you maybe you don't do this anymore. But I remember I used to have a number for you, and it was somebody else would answer it. <laughs> I, I would call the number and it'd be like Sean's phone, and I'm like, this is not really. I'm not really getting to him. It's the call screening line. Like, give me a break here. So, no, this listen, is really I want to thank my. Phone. This is my cell phone. <laughs> I want to thank my good friend Sean B. Bradley, uh, killer entrepreneur, published author certified speaking professional, award-winning international trainer, Franklin Covey certified. We didn't even talk about that. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about that today, but I want to thank you uh, for joining the podcast today. It's truly been a pleasure, and it's, it's exactly what I thought it would be, a great time and, and great information. 
And guys, I want to thank all of you for continuing to listen. And I want to leave you with this, as always, keep the mind sharp, the vision clear, the resolve strong, and you will make it. I'm Corey Mosley. Make sure to visit us online at fearlesswithcorey.com for all our podcasts, blogs, video, and to learn more about our coaching and courses. Thank you as always. I'll see you next time. Are you still there? I just want to say thank you again for listening to this podcast. Our podcast is distributed to several different sources like iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud, plus, of course, our own website. And it would mean so much to me if you liked the show to leave a review. It, of course, helps to build our popularity, but it also helps us come up in search engines so we can reach as many entrepreneurs as possible. So, can I count on you to leave a review? I know I can. Thanks again, and I look forward to sharing with you next week.